Welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and your co-host, Krista Hope. Hey everyone, it's Keith McPherson here and it's Monday night, the 9th of April 2018 and I'm really excited about our show tonight. Our friend Krista Hope, my co-host, is um, actually not able to be on the, the show tonight. She is on this luxurious, amazing trip with her, her husband, and they're uh, visiting Maui, Hawaii tonight. So um, I did reach out and say, Krista, can you come on the show? And she was so caught up in the, the sun and enjoying the waves of Maui that I totally get it. She um, decided that she's going to spend time with her husband there tonight. So um, Krista, if you're listening and uh even if you're not just unconsciously, just know that we're sending you lots of love tonight in, in Hawaii, and I'm just so glad that you get to spend that time there. Um, I know some of you might have been listening a few weeks ago, and Krista was talking about what she was going to do to surprise her husband for um, his birthday, and, and this is what they decided to do was to go to, to Hawaii, Maui, Hawaii. So I can't think of a better gift than that to spend time in that beautiful place. So it's, uh, I'm flying somewhat solo tonight on, on the show, but I also am going to be joined in a little bit by a very, very dear friend and special guest, uh, Sheena Grob. And I'm really excited for you guys to, to connect with Sheena tonight and just feel her energy and her connection to spirit and all the amazing things that she brings to the world. So um, just before I, I bring Sheena on the show, um, I just wanted to give you a couple other little updates. Um, I just got back from... Halifax, Nova Scotia this week, I was uh, out there speaking at a, a Good Life Fitness conference. Good Life Fitness has this um, work and health in, in the, uh, the workplace conference, and they were sponsoring that in Nova Scotia, and it was amazing. And I just wanted to share it. It was such a great opportunity to spread the word about mindfulness in the workplace in that area and met some incredible people while I was out there. Um, in particular, another speaker named Tim Magwood, who you definitely should check out. Tim is doing some amazing work in the world of, of coaching and trying to bring companies into more harmony and peace and leadership. And it's, um, I think a few weeks ago, I was talking about just the, in some ways, just some of the imbalances that are happening in, in workplace wellness. So it's just awesome that people like Tim and Good Life Fitness are recognizing how important it is to bring more and more health and, and mental health, especially um, awareness into our workplace environments. So it's been a very exciting week. And um, this is my final week in the, the house that I'm living in. And I've been living in this house for the last 12 years. And it's quite a mixed emotional week for me because um, some of you may have watched on the weekend, but I did a little segment from my meditation space. It's it's kind of a bittersweet thing to, to be moving homes because so much of my life has been spent in this home and, and um, just in terms of even I wrote the book in this space and every morning I get up and meditate in this space and there's becomes a real energy and soul to our house. So um, to move is always such a, a reminder that things aren't permanent and things are always changing. And so tonight especially I've been really reflecting on just what it really means to, to loosen my grip and no longer hold on, but just really allow life to flow where it's taking me and leading me. And um, it's actually one of the things I love about uh, our guest tonight, who's going to be on the show in a moment, Sheena Grob. She, to me, 
at least in my perspective, really lives this from this place of really letting spirit guide her. I mean, she, last time I talked to her, I think she was going to be living in a, in a, for one of those small home, tiny homes with wheels. And I don't know what the update is there, but um, I'm just really excited for you to meet her. So I'm going to welcome you, Sheen, onto the show. And thank you so much for, for joining me tonight on Making Sense of Mindfulness. Hi, Keith. Thanks so much for having me. This is a joy. It really is. Absolutely. Tell us, uh, Sheena, just a little bit about, um, yeah, your background and your, your work in the world, and I'm just so excited you're here on the show. Well, I'm excited. I, I don't know if people know that we've known each other for years and years, but it's always so wonderful to just watch you um, growing in, in your capacities too, Keith. Like, it's, it's really awesome. It's really um, a reminder that we all we are all on a journey of growth and, and becoming who we're meant to be. And I really see you doing that in these, in these last few years, especially, and, and definitely recently even more so. So thank you so much for sharing with us um, in this way uh, with a radio station that people can tune into and just be like hanging out. If you're hanging out on, on this Monday night, just chilling and listening. Um, we're glad that you're with us. Um, I've known. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've uh, I've I've known you, Keith, but I've also um, grown beside you as a musician, and um, I've been playing music for many years. I'm working on my fourth album. Um, if all things go according to plan, that will that will be happening in the next while, and um, and also focusing on my health coaching practice and um, and teaching. I'm a teacher and a speaker. And I share a little bit about my personal journey with with my health and emotional wellness and how I managed to kind of recover my life and my freedom when I was starting to kind of slip inside of my own experience in this crazy, busy world we live in. So that's kind of, that's Mm. me in a nutshell, I guess. That's awesome. Well, I've always admired about you, Sheena, your ability to, to emotionally process things. It's, um, I, a couple of years ago, Sheena and I, those who are listening, um, we led a, a retreat together in, of all places, Lumsden, Saskatchewan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was really quite the weekend. I mean, I don't know if you remember, Sheena, going in there, but I didn't know what to expect, really. I mean, we had a couple notes and a little agenda, but um, spending that weekend co-leading with you, I really became even more, I guess, in a in a place of just appreciation for how um, equipped you are to process the emotions and um, that energetic part. I'd love for you to just share a little more about that and how you you came into that practice and what that practice means to you in terms of processing emotion. And yeah, Mm -hmm. love for you to share Mm -hmm. a bit about that. Well, I guess my my story with emotions maybe starts when I was 10 and um, I lost a primary parent to me when, when she passed away around that age, my grandmother, and um, that loss was so significant for me. It was the, really the first major um, event in my life that caused me to, you know, it took my breath away. It, it, the pain was very, very real and, and overwhelming. And as a child, I didn't, I didn't really know anything about emotional processing. Um, I just knew, you know, um, I knew that it was okay to be sad, but I didn't, I didn't fully understand, you know, how important it would be to express that sadness and um, oddly enough or 
serendipitously, I began to write songs around that time. So I was a I was a musician in in formation at that age. My mom was a music teacher, so she'd been teaching me since I was young. So I had some music skills already. But um, around that time, I began to write these just incredibly powerful, emotionally driven, uh, like rooted rooted in my experience um, as a little girl these songs that were very profound. The words were beyond what I really <laughs> knew how to express. I would look back over the years and just be like, wow, my 10 year old self was talking to my 18 year old self or, you know, whatever along, along the way I would have those kind of thoughts. And, and that was kind of looking back at the beginning of, of my experience and my relationship to my emotional body. And when I was about 21 or 22, I had a really significant event um, occur in my life that was was going to forever change how I kind of live my life. And um, I had been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 16. And that information, that um, that diagnosis was was very um, challenging at the time, but it didn't really get kind of difficult for me until around my early 20s. And that's when I met Dr. Doug Tatarin, who um, some of you may know uh, is the, the person who developed the biomotive framework, who um, was someone that spent over 30 years learning how to process emotions and teaching others how to do, how to do the same thing. And so that was where my 10-year-old self met this, um, this brilliant framework and this idea around, wow, maybe there's a conscious way to process your emotions that can lead to somewhere um, healing and and very um, nourishing for our growth and actually be part of our transformation. So that's the nutshell. This is where I'm, I love it. This is where I'm intrigued is I really learned from you um, this sense of, you know, especially as a guy, but just in our culture of, of showing certain emotions, like it's really, it's really rare that we allow ourselves, especially in public to, to feel emotions like sadness and let ourselves cry. I mean, the first thing most of us do when we start crying is apologize for crying. We go, oh, I'm so sorry, and we, you know, wipe away the tears. But what I learned from you is, like, to allow yourself to just let that move through the body, like to, to go to that place of complete and utter sadness, like that soul-wrenching place, if it's there. And on the other side, what after going through this process with you a little bit, what intrigued me the most was that, that natural lift that happens once the emotions flowed through and mm-hmm. and in that space between it's like it seems like there's a a moment that can be really transformative after like a really good cry or a really you know mm-hmm. extreme emotional shift can can you say a little more about that piece of this whole thing yeah well i guess the easiest way that i can describe it um if you know anyone or maybe you are someone that's gone through um, a very difficult life situation, um, so maybe the loss of you know, a, a loved one or maybe a, a really um, tragic accident or, or a health diagnosis that really shattered your, your vision of your life, um, there's many different examples. But you know, I'm, I'm talking about like the worst of the worst kind of situations that you'd never wish on anyone what many people who have moved through those situations um, grow to understand, I believe, is that um, there, is, there is a peace, there is a, a strength that is learned 
through surrendering to even the most painful situations. And hopefully we don't all have to go through the worst of the worst to learn this. This is what I'm, I've discovered. Um, but we can learn something from those situations. And we can learn to surrender even to you know, less painful feelings um, and learn from them in the same way. Does that make sense? It's kind of like um, yeah. before there's certain, there's certain situations that some people, you know, they'll never cry. They'll never break down. They'll never face um, their emotional body because it's either too threatening or maybe they have some early impressions that it's, you know, you show weakness if you cry and you must be strong for others. Um, lots of different reasons why, why people repress or, or stop themselves from crying. And what I, what I think, what I, my experience has been that as we learn to soften and accept that crying is a very natural body function that um, actually uh, is, is intimately related to our, our brain functioning and, and our health and our wellness, our, our processing of stress in the body, when we understand it from that perspective, even from a scientific perspective, um, then, then we start to open up to the idea that, okay, I'm on board in my head. I'm, I, in, in theory, <laughs> I accept that crying is good. But, but now I have to learn how to, you know, allow the body, which is having more of an emotional experience, um, to, to soften and to trust and to, and to flow with that. And so that's kind of what I, I support. <laughs> I work with, with individuals who are learning how to tap into that again. And, um, and I, I think it's, in this culture right now, I think we're, we're all waking up to the importance of integrating our emotional bodies into our experience because it's just not working anymore by cutting it off <laughs> and pretending it doesn't Absolutely. exist, you know? I, yeah. So. Yeah. There, there seems to be like, I mean, there is a natural resistance in our culture to certain emotions still, even mm-hmm. though I know people are starting to wake up to allowing themselves to mm-hmm. feel emotion. What mm-hmm. do you attribute that resistance that people feel to like shutting down and like stuffing and cutting off, like what do you attribute Mm -hmm. that to? And for people that do tend to just like turn off the tap from certain emotions, how, like what's a, what's a way they can practice or just start allowing themselves to move into that more vulnerable place? Yeah. Well, I'll, I can speak from my own experience and some experiences I've seen, you know, in, in my circle of friends and family and, and clients. And, you know, for those wanting to get, you know, a really in-depth um, kind of wealth of information, I would definitely, you know, refer people to check out the biomotiveframework.com. Uh, Doug Dutarin's work, he was um, really instrumental in opening me up to some of what I discovered. Um, but in my experience, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons why we stop ourselves from crying. I, we still exist in a culture where, you know, um, being strong and efficient and, um, you know, not causing any ripples, being reliable for others. Um, we still live in a, in a world often where that is, is highly valued and, and relied on by others. So, you know, if we are going through a really intense emotional experience, we're sometimes, you know, afraid that it's just either bad timing or, you know, that we won't be received by others in a loving, compassionate way. And sometimes that, that repression, that stopping ourselves isn't even a choice we have anymore. It's actually an unconscious kind of um, 
it, it's been it's been a, a repressed experience that we we have to work kind of more consciously at reversing. And um, I know for myself that a gateway into my emotional body what has always been music. Um, I can remember times when I was a, a, a teenager where, you know, I <laughs> my teenage years are, are packed full of opportunities to <laughs> feel your emotions, right? I think most of us can recall moments in our in our formative years where you know we're we're having to learn about life and figure out who we are and come up against situations where we feel small or inadequate and um i i can remember putting on you know um a no doubt album or a sarah mclaughlin album or even whole if i was like feeling it need to be even more like you know angry for whatever reason which didn't happen very often, but the the idea was that um, music always had a way into my heart, and I would I would cry, I would I would tear up if I was needing to, I would it would be a release for me, and at the time I didn't realize that was something I should pay attention to, but looking back now, I see it. Um, another gateway, wow. just to you know, kind of further your your from your question of how people can open themselves up, um, movies do that for us. Um, my husband and I right now are just so in love with the the TV series This Is Us, and we we cry every. I don't know if you watched the show, Keith, but I haven't it, seen it. No, I've heard about it. You have actually. You have to. <laughs> I'm going to make you. Okay. It is just so incredible in terms of taking listeners through, um, you know, the the life story of a number of different characters and you see where different impressions were taken in as kids and as teenagers and so forth. And it really hits home, I think for, for people who are watching. So um, it's something it's, it's a way to tap into if there's a scene that really triggers you in a TV show or, or a movie, that's often a sign that maybe there's something there that's, that's unprocessed for you to look at. I love that. That's such a great recommendation for people is to just allow yourself to listen to music or watch a movie and feel mm-hmm. the emotions and do it intentionally that I'm just going to let myself feel what's coming up to feel right now. And I, Speaking of music, like I can't let a, a full show go by without playing a song of yours on, on the air here because for those of you that, <laughs> that haven't heard Sheena's music, it's um, it's pretty remarkable. And I mean, this is how we first met was through music. And Sheena, you've just got this way of, like, when you sing, <laughs> you do exactly what I'm guessing Sarah McLaughlin did to you back in the day. You, you have this amazing mm. gift, and it's so incredible. And I, I'd love to play um, the song, your recording character. And if you want to just, like, tell us a little about the song, and then we'll we'll give people the gift of listening to you here. Sure. Yeah, yeah character was one of, yeah, character was one of the um, the first songs that I I wrote, um, it was among the first collection off my first record, and uh, it was just about transcending a physical illness. So it was a little bit about myself with MS, and it was a little bit about my grandmother with breast cancer, and it was really a dedication to anyone who was, who was battling for their life, the oh. essence of it. That's beautiful. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this on air here. So um, let's take a listen. This is Sheena Grubb's song, Character. Looking for a roadblock ahead, but don't 
we had some great calls. I, I we got a, an email this week from one of our listeners named Kelly who um, wrote that she's not able to listen live this week, but um, she had a question all about vision boarding. And I know last week I'd been speaking a bit about the power of making a vision board in the practice of mindfulness, where you literally put images up um, and start putting in your consciousness what it is that you want to attract into your life. And so she said she had fun making one this week, which I think is awesome, Kelly, that you took the challenge and and went and made a board. And her question was, how might one use this with intention to take action, create change? She said, or are these intentions and you just put them out there to the universe and let the mystery unfold as it's meant to? So she was just curious about some insights regarding action and the vision board. And, um, I think both Sheen and I should take a, a crack at this. I, the first thing that comes up for me is this idea of insights regarding action in the vision board. I can hear Kelly a slight bit of like, okay, when am I going to get this vision board? <laughs> When's it going to happen? And uh, it's such a common thing to, to put all of your, um, what you're wanting to attract down in the physical form, whether it's pictures of where you want to live or how you want your house to look or what project you want to create or whatnot. And then it's like, I want it immediately. Um, we, we live in a culture of that really. Uh, but as I'm reading your, your email, I'm thinking about that urgency and what pops up to me in the, in the intentional part of vision boarding is this idea that um, it, it definitely is working with the unconscious part of who we are. So, the, the conscious mind, the part that we tend to live in that's always trying to make decisions and figure things out, it, it's like it wants to just hurry up and go and just get this figured out. The unconscious part of us, the part actually Sheena was talking about earlier, the, the, the body mind, so to speak, um, it's connected to everything uh, outside of us as well. It's, it's like an invisible web. And in, in the practice of vision boarding, once you create the vision board, one of the best actions I would suggest taking is to release it, like to let go because your intention has now been claimed. You're like, this is what I want, and I have a physical representation of it. And not to just let it go and the universe takes care of it, but to, to let it go and then to consciously just allow yourself to start paying more attention in the present moment because if you really tune into the present moment, now that you've created what it is you're looking for, you're going to start seeing little signs and symbols that appear on your path, whether it's, you know, you're walking through the airport and one of the words from your vision board shows up on an ad or you're reading through a magazine and you see the same picture that's on your vision board. And it's interesting that the unconscious spirit part of who we are tends to bring things to us in the perfect time. But our part in it is to pay attention. And when we notice those signs and symbols coming in, it's like be grateful and know that more is coming. And it's, it's unfolding, mm. in the, as the Hawaiians would say, in ika mea. So that's mm. how it comes up for me. I don't know. Actually, have you done any vision boarding? And mm-hmm. what's your perspective on that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I totally agree with you, Keith, and I think that's great. a great recommendation. Um, first and foremost, I think learning to trust the unfolding is something many of us do struggle with. And um, putting an intention around just practicing letting go and practicing, you know, um, when you stay in gratitude, then things will will naturally come to you that you maybe never expected or never imagined. And um, I think there's such power in that. Um, what I might add um, for 
for someone who is maybe struggling a little bit with, with being able to just kind of stay um, present and maybe they need to be busy with something. Um, one thing that I find um, helpful and mindful at the same time is choosing kind of one, one of your next best steps um, towards something on your vision board and, and not focusing on trying to manifest everything at once, but just putting, putting an intention to what's my next best step right now. Okay. Well, why don't I just, um, you know, do meal planning for this week. That feels like something I, I've imagined I could elevate my health with, or um, why don't I make that phone call to that friend that I've, I have lost touch with that's connected to this vacation spot in, in, you know, Maui that I want to go to, Keith. You might expect a phone call from me later, but um, I, I think Great. that, you know, small, small little actionable steps um, towards some part of your vision can sometimes give an empowered and a sense to us. And whether they lead to the outcome we're wanting, um, it's, it keeps us connected to what our, our intentions are, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Have you found, Sheena, too, like just in the um, the type of work that we do in the world as musicians and as coaches, like, I mean, we're living not necessarily in the, the typical nine-to-five job or framework that most people do. Mm-hmm. Like just in your experience mm-hmm. of it, um, how have you used vision boarding? Like can you think of any times where vision boarding has worked for you where you just like kind of manifested it and it was like, wow, how did mm-hmm. that all come about? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Any well, I think times where you've really felt that. Yeah, I I mean I I feel like vision boarding is is kind of like a glimpse into your heart at any one moment in time, <laughs> and it's good to keep updating them and good to keep you know doing doing a regular kind of cleanse of of where your heart is at, and that's what I love most about you know going through magazines and taking pictures out and putting them on a, on a picture or something, um, or even just something as simple as like brainstorming your next, your next step. Let's say I, I sometimes do a brain dump every month. I'll take all the things that are floating around in my heart and my mind and my, my to-do lists and, and what I want for myself. And I, I just put them down on paper in front of me. It doesn't have to be something that's, you know, especially glamorous even. And, and somehow it, it just it allows me to empty myself out, trust that, you know, the things that are meant to happen and meant to become manifested in my life are going to unfold naturally. But it really gives me some space to then settle into my mindfulness practice because I've I've just allowed my mind to, you know, be validated or, or I've given myself that chance to just say, Okay, this is what's on my heart and my mind right now. This is a picture into that. Now I can focus on my breath and and settle into my physical experience and just be here. I love it. If that makes any sense. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm curious too from you. What currently is on your vision board, physically mm-hmm. or just unconsciously? What are some of the things you're manifesting or wanting to manifest these days? Mm-hmm. Well, you were spot on when you mentioned the tiny home building. Um, my my husband and I have been visioning uh, a tiny home on wheels for a while. We're, we're just the type of people that would really enjoy an experience of living closer to nature and um, being, being a bit more mobile. 
um, and less less rooted in our you know our inner internal space or or connected to things in our lives, but more um, free to just be with each other in nature in community. And um, that's definitely on my current vision board, that experience. Um, I'm really looking forward to creating that and, and checking it out, seeing if it really will work for, for what our needs are. Um, but I, I think it's just something that's been, you know, on my, on my, my soul journey checklist for so many years that I, we're just going to do it and, and see where it goes. We're excited. <laughs> Wow, it's it's like to me feels so edgy to be like we're just gonna build our home on wheels and let it roll wherever it's gonna take us. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, it reminds I me of like. Really... Um, I was just gonna say it just it reminds me so much of like um, the the energy of what happens to me when I'm traveling. Like even last week when I got on a plane and flew to Halifax, like. I don't know, have you experienced this when, when you're traveling, there's like a whole different energy than being just in one little cocoon. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like some mm-hmm. sort of magic, mm-hmm. something magical seems to happen when I leave the confines of my safe space and like go out into the world and just, it's almost like crossing over an edge. And it's amazing, mm-hmm. like new people walk in or I try new foods or it's just like it opens you up to all this unbelievable potential and experience. I wonder why that mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I don't know either, but you're absolutely right. It's um, the the everyday responsibilities, I guess, get diminished a little bit, and we're, we're freed up to put our attention on what really matters to us, I, I believe. And it's not for everyone. I'm not, um, I'm not suggesting that everyone sell their home and, and you know, check out um, this kind of living you know, lifestyle, but um, but for us, I know it's been just such a deep desire and excitement for for a long time. So we're gonna just try it out and see and um, find community that that's interested in a similar thing. I love it. it, it as you're, I'm listening to you speak too, I can hear just the intuitive part of you that wants it, and um, I'm just pulling out a. I've been referencing this book a lot on the show, but it's. Um, it's a book called The Dynamic Laws of Healing, and it's by a woman named Catherine Ponder, and I highly recommend you picking up this book to, to just read it. It's incredible. And um, I just want to share this because it really blew my mind, but she was talking about um, what she calls the imaging law of healing, all about our imagination and the power of our mind to, to heal, but also to create whatever experiences in the world we want. And... Um, she said, how often I've heard people wail, I've prayed and prayed for healing. Still my health has not improved. Investigation usually reveals that while these people sorely want health, they had not opened their minds to receive it because they had not pictured it. Thus prayers had seemed in vain. And then she goes, according to the Latin roots, to image means to conceive, to become pregnant with or to take into one's mind. Just as one cannot give birth to a child until after physical conception has occurred, neither can one give birth to new health until mental conception has occurred. One must first image or conceive it. The image makes the condition. Without the image, there can be no condition. I just loved it. I thought, like, in regards to health, but even in regards... In regards to just, like, creating the life you want, like, you've got this birthing Mm -hmm. idea in your mind of, Let's build a home on wheels and see where it takes us. How awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Where are you going to end up? Totally. It's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gets absolutely. me excited hearing your vision. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. Well, what what we're noticing too is that the more we talk about it with others, the more we see just creativity light up in others around us. Where people are going, hey, like that might not be exactly what I want to do, but but this is. And then they, you know, talk about some variation to their home that they want to explore, or maybe it's a you know a slight change in the the hours of their job so that they can afford themselves you know, to take up that hobby that they've been wanting to do for years or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's really, that's what we hope to create in others is just a little bit of a widening of their perspectives in terms of how they can live their life and, and what's possible. And if, if everyone who, you know, I, I, I keep thinking that, you know, so many things um, that, that come into our hearts to actually create in this world, like there's a reason for that, you know, and, and for all of us. We all have a personal responsibility to tune into our soul and, and really bring forward what it is that we're we're here to do. And so this might be a part of our journey. <laughs> well, I'll give you an mm-hmm. example when it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please. I'm, I'm excited to hear where your wheels are going to spin to. It's great. Um, <laughs> I'm, hearing, I'm hearing you speak about this too, and I'm like so much is coming up. But as you, you talk about just taking the risk and trusting trusting the intuition. I mean, for a lot of us, that's a huge risk. Um, I'm sure you find this in your coaching practice. I, I find it in mine too. It's the the place of fear. And like so many of us are living in this place of like, we, we get this initial impulse like, oh, like buy, build a house on wheels or take a trip to Maui or start writing that book. And almost immediately after that intuitive impulse, it's like, we just shut down. There's like this fear, like, no, I can't go out of my comfort zone. And all of a sudden we just completely kibosh the idea. Like this is not going to happen. And one of the things I'm so appreciating hearing you speak is just how often you take risks in your life based on that intuitive place. And Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, knowing you for so long, I know that a lot of the time I, I can see it. You operate from there. And a lot of people that listen to the show, they often ask the question about how, how can I trust and tap into and know when it's actually my intuition speaking? So I, I want to ask mm. that to you, Sheena, for a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you mm-hmm. know what's coming up is from intuition versus just like fear-based and should I, shouldn't I? Mm. What, how yeah. do you navigate all that? Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's something that I've really learned over the years, um, to to respect enough to give it some time in contemplation and um, in meditation and in my journal writing um, as as much as it does seem from the outside that I, I do take a lot of risks in my life and I, I think um, you know having a health condition that at one point did seem to threaten what my future might look like um, that had a big impact on me. It really made me feel like life is too short to to not live the way I know I'm I'm really supposed to be living and what would really nourish me. So on one hand, I I have a lot of compassion for others who who don't necessarily have that kind of um, spark from from something that seems so difficult for others. For me, it's been one of my biggest blessings because I don't take a single day for granted. Um, having said that, um, I do, I do really, really give myself time to sit with my decisions and 
and sit in what I might consider prayer or meditation or, or reflection. And um, I guess one of the things that I knew, I notice now um, in terms of the guidance I'm getting uh, after my emotions have been processed fully and after my fears have been, you know, released or, or I'm able to really understand where some of my decisions are coming from by removing some of the emotions that may have been clouding it, that's when I really know, okay, so this isn't just a fleeting, you know, little, little, you know, excited uh, wish that I had that would totally turn my life upside down and it's not coming from a deep place. It's, this is, this is really part of what would make me feel most whole in this life. And I'd really like to put the attention it deserves towards manifesting that. And, um, and I've also learned that it, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to go down one path that doesn't necessarily lead you where you wanted to end up, but you learn so much along the way. And, and I've really grown to appreciate looking at life that way. So I've, I've removed some of the fear by just agreeing with myself and admitting and, and accepting that I will find my lesson in any decision I make. And, and that, that's been empowering for me. Yeah, you really can't fail. You're just going to get results. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm also appreciating but, but, the theme yeah. that I hear a lot in you too, is just the, the, the need for space and taking that space mm-hmm. and that, that time to really mm-hmm. process, like what, what's actually here right now, which I so mm-hmm. appreciate. Mm-hmm. And just speaking of space, because we only have a couple minutes left on the show here, mm-hmm. I just want to make mm-hmm. sure we leave a little space here so people can, um, if you've enjoyed hearing a bit of Sheena's work, like just how can people work with you and connect with you? Tell us mm-hmm. how we can keep in touch. Yeah. Well, um, the best way, if you're interested in learning more about my, my health coaching um, or becoming a client in, in some way, shape, or form, um, you can always email me to get more information. 30-minute consultation. That's just at com. You can let me know you heard me on the radio show and that you'd be interested in hearing more. Can you, can you share your email one more time? I think we may have gotten cut off for some reason there. Lipped off? Okay. Sorry. It's Sheena at SheenaGrob.com. And okay, um, if, if people want to just, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of Sheenas in there. But it's Sheena at SheenaGrob.com. If you email me and just let me know that you're interested in a consultation, then I can uh, set you up with something. And also my website. That's the same basic address, SheenaGrob.com. Absolutely. That's so great. I highly recommend you guys giving Sheena um, a, a call or an email and just honestly setting up this consultation with her. It's, it's time in your presence is very healing and very insightful. And I just, mm-hmm. man, getting to spend this bit of time with you in this way and sharing just our connection with everyone listening has really meant a lot tonight too. So thank you for, mm-hmm. for being part of this show tonight. Thank you, Keith. Yeah, you're welcome. So I think we have the, the voice in my ear is saying we have 60 seconds left. So um, my final question, Sheena, for you would be, if you could leave us with one inspiring motto, your current working motto or quote, putting you right on the spot here, whatever pops up. Wowzer, wowzer. Um, I would say in your beginning, in your beginning journey with emotions, just recognize that your emotions aren't who you are. And you're to honor them, but realize that 
they they will change, but you are actually something so much deeper and and you you're almost like a witness of those emotions. So if you can honor that, you will be served by that. That's what I have learned. I hope uh, that's a, a sixty so. second yeah. bit. <laughs> Oh, that was perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks again for, for joining us, Sheen, on the show. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And, um, yeah, be sure to tune in next week on the show, uh, next Monday night, 730 Central Time, for Making Sense of Mindfulness. Have a great week, everyone.